Testing, testing. Still way too loud. Can you get Jamie? Can you please come get Ellie? Okay, let's try this again. You're listening to the Neurodivergent Nurse, and I'm your host, Jamie. I'm a registered nurse who has ADHD. On this podcast, we will talk all things ADHD. I'm really just beginning to learn about this diagnosis and how to navigate through it, but I am so excited to take you on this messy and raw journey with me so that we can learn together. So let's get started. Hello, 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 my neurodivergent friends. I know that it's been a minute. I apologize. I just had to take a little bit of a break to recharge and I'm back. I know we've talked about ADHD burnout before on this podcast and that is something that burnout in general just has hit me a little hard the last month or so. I've been really focused on my Instagram account, which hit 50,000 this week. It's so hard to believe, but yep, it happened. And I celebrated with some vegan chocolate cake, jackpot. You can go watch that video on Instagram if you want to. But I really, really, really miss doing podcasts because to be honest with you, podcasts are my heart and soul and my Patreons, they're my family. And you guys, you're part of my community too. You're my close friends. We're all in this together. And I've just, I've just missed you. There's not tons of housekeeping. Is that what you call it? Housekeeping, house cleaning, whatever it is. There's not a whole lot to catch up on other than I'm not going to the Nurses PodCon this year in September. That's going to be in Austin. I'm really, really saddened by it because I was looking forward to it, but the format has kind of changed into more of like a business type of thing, like how to be a nurse business person on the internet, and I just, I don't have much to offer, so I would hate for the people who followed me who wanted more like nursing tips and ADHD tips to be able to attend and do a meet and greet to just kind of learn how to be a business person better. I don't know. I also majored in business uh, initially, business administration, and I hated it. So it just sounded like a lot of work for not a lot of benefit for you, nor for me. But if you do want to learn how to start a podcast, a successful nursing podcast, or a great social media presence that you want to turn into some type of cash on the side or as your main gig, then that may be something that you really do want to check out as it gets closer to September because they have online tickets and you have the opportunity to go and be there in person. So if that's something you want to learn more about, do it because all of the people who are going to be there are so phenomenal. I met them in person. I miss them so much. And again, I'm really saddened that I'm not going to be able to be there and have a great time with them again. So check it out if it sounds like it's something that could be up your alley. Just a reminder, now that I am off the burnout vacation kick, (laughs) the public podcast, the one that you're listening to right now is going to happen every other week. And if you are a patron of the Neurodivergent Nurse, then the in-between weeks, you're going to get your own special episode as well. So if you're a patron, then you're going to get weekly episodes pretty much. And if you're not, then you're going to get them every other week. Now, I just don't want you to think that I went on another hiatus when you don't hear from me next week. So let's get into this week's episode. I know in the past we talked about rejection sensitivity dysphoria and how that 
a lot of times we think that the things that people say that they are actually rejecting us or even that they are criticizing us when they're not. But I want to talk to you today about your reaction to criticism that you receive. Because if you're anything like me, you have those flash emotions. Just recently, aka today, um, I had someone complain that I was spending too much time, you know, doing life things like work and studying all day because now I'm taking an online physics class. You heard that right, online physics, because if regular in-class wasn't hard enough, it's now just on a computer. Hello, I have ADHD. And let's also couple that with the fact that instead of a 16-week course, this is eight, eight weeks for physics. Yeah, okay. To say that it wasn't received well would be an understatement. An understatement of the greatest magnitude. First of all, let's go ahead and all of us collectively agree that ADHD makes us more sensitive to criticism. Our first instinct is to respond defensively or angrily to these comments that feel like disapproval. That really is disapproval at times. Having an episode of rejection sensitivity feels like being hit by a tsunami of emotions out of nowhere. One minute, we think that we feel fine, and then a rejection trigger hits and we're completely overwhelmed. So the part of the brain, the amygdala, is our emotional command center. And when this happens, it gets hijacked. And then the fight, flight, or freeze response, it takes over our entire body. This response looks different in every person. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For some people, it is a deep pain in the center of their chest, anxiety in multiple systems, our face gets flushed, it's a desperation to take some kind of action to undo whatever has caused this rejection, and you know, for other people, it could look like instant rage or anger with blaming others, it could be all-consuming sadness with withdrawal, even triggering suicidal ideation. In some cases, it can be so extreme that it's misdiagnosed as a mood disorder or personality disorder. It really can be an exquisitely deep shame and trauma reaction that can literally feel like physical pain at times. And then whenever this episode is over, a lot of us tend to experience more shame about what happened, which leaves us feeling even worse. Let's talk about how you should respond instead of, I don't know, screaming, throwing dishes around, making points to how you're just not a terrible human being because that's what you feel in your soul. Adults with ADHD should know that doing so could sacrifice learning opportunities and the respect of others. I say that. We know that though, right? Like we know that if we respond on the defense or if we respond in an angry manner, 
that we could sacrifice making others feel respected. But, uh, did we not just get disrespected? Okay, whatever. But we're going to talk about how to respond effectively to critiques and criticism. Now, we're going to talk about first when criticism is actually valid because there are those times that we do get those critiques that are relative, they are real, but ooh, they're still painful. When this happens, I want you to acknowledge and paraphrase. When you get that criticism, we need to first acknowledge if there's any truth in the statement. Okay, maybe I did not pick up my socks from the floor for the last four months. (laughs) I don't know. But when you think that the criticism might be justified, try to get on the same page with the other person by paraphrasing their comments. Then I want you to try to learn from it. If a thank you or explanation seems appropriate, then address it briefly and then move on. Those of us with ADHD, we have a tendency to dwell on the criticism. So don't. It sounds easy, but don't dwell on that criticism. Focus on what you can learn from it. Evaluate how you can make those changes that you think that are beneficial to make, and then start, you know, chipping away and making those changes. As humans, as adults, we should be always learning, evolving, progressing, which means it's not just a you thing. It's just a you with this one situation, whether it's a work thing, whether it's a partner thing or whatever to make a change to and to make it better. Now let's talk about when those criticisms are inaccurate. From what I've read, it is best to agree with it in part. Don't come at me. I said in part. When responding to an inaccurate criticism, it's often best for adults with ADHD to try fogging or agreeing with only part of the criticism rather than getting defensive or mad. Here's an example. If someone says that you are undependable, you can respond with, yes, I might be undependable at times, or agree with the principle behind the criticism, like saying, you're right, being late is undependable. This technique allows you to gracefully deflect the criticizer while also brushing off their implied judgments. The next thing you can do is improve your response. Ask questions. A lot of criticism is vague and it needs to be clarified before you can decide how to respond. It can be especially difficult for adults with ADHD to control emotions, but try to clarify details before you react to it. Stay away from questions like why and use how what, where, and when questions so that way you can get the details of what they're talking about. For example, if someone says that what you're doing annoys them, ask specifically how it is annoying them and when it annoys them. Then practice. Oftentimes, people with ADHD receive so much criticism that we begin to react angrily and aggressively when criticized. Other times, Adults with ADHD may become passive to others' actions toward them. Whichever response you have, keep in mind that practice makes perfect, and the first few attempts at responding in a new way may be awkward and not received as well as you had hoped. But really, it's probably going to be received better and screaming. So just hang in there. Keep trying until you become comfortable and relaxed with your new options for responding. I also want to encourage you to stand your ground gracefully. 
<laughs> Here's a couple ways that you can stand your ground without provoking anger or setting someone up to respond defensively. The first one we're going to call broken record response. Calmly and slowly keep repeating in a monotone voice without particular emphasis on any one word or phrase what it is you have to say until it's recognized and received appropriately by the other individual. Two, emphatic escalation. Calmly and slowly restate your response or request with more assertion each time you do so, but without becoming aggressive. Always remember to be polite when asking for clarification and say, please. The third one, sensitive listening. First, acknowledge the other person's point of view respectfully, and then make your point of view clear. Avoid using the word but. I was taught a long time ago that whenever you say but, it erases all the things that you just said. So try not to do that because other people, whether they recognize or not, they know that that's really what that word is doing. Instead, follow it with the word and, and that will prevent the other person from becoming defensive or even tuning you out. I also want to give you a couple just practical strategies on dealing with it. Whether you're receiving treatment or not, there are practical strategies that you can use during and after an episode of rejection sensitivity dysphoria. First of all, you can label what's going on. You might tell yourself, this is my RSD. I know it's going to pass. You may even want to make a deal with yourself not to act in the midst of an intense RSD. If a few days goes by and you still want to act, then do it. The next thing is to unhook from unhelpful thoughts. Diffusion creates distance between you and your thoughts. So you can see them for what they are. It's words in your head versus the absolute truths or laws that you have to obey. If you are experiencing RSD, you can try to label your thoughts, just as I said, like I'm having the thought that I'm the worst person and everyone hates me. You can use a silly voice for the thoughts, like a cartoon character like SpongeBob or Mickey Mouse. So it's a lot easier to take an unhelpful thought less seriously. You can also play around with the thoughts that come through as images. Like changing the images to colors, slowing the speed, adding funny background music, or adding a silly voiceover. Next thing you can do is use a distraction. Which distractions are helpful may depend on severity of your reaction. For example, when your reaction is intense, your go-to distractions can be like splashing cold water on your face, putting ice on the back of your neck to return to the present moment, or using a strong scent like an essential oil to distract your amygdala. Since your scent senses, your olfactory senses, are close to it in the brain. When your reaction is more manageable, you might play with your animals if you have any. Spend some time outside. Watch a show that brings you joy. Seek support from somebody that you love. The next thing you can do is pick activities that specifically work for you. When you're picking calm-inducing activities, do what works best for you, which might be different from conventional advice, right? For a lot of us with ADHD, things that are calming or lowering stimulation may actually be activating for us. Like instead of deep breathing practices, you might feel calmer engaging in intense exercise or rocking out to like complex or heavy music. Me personally, not during an RSD, but I know the thing that really calms me down and centers me. I love watching people paint. I love watching people do clips of watercolors. It is aesthetically pleasing and my brain just 
instantly goes into relax mode. All right, next up, let the other person know. Because episodes can be all-consuming, telling your loved ones that you're experiencing one and you can't communicate until it's past is great. So try to ask for the things you need, like alone time, a hug. I've just read the hug. I don't know. When I'm experiencing like rejection from that person, I don't want their arms around me, but you may, and that's okay. Also, you need to use self-compassion. We cannot get out of an RSD episode the same way that we got in it, which is with criticism. Instead of further feeding your inner critic, use compassionate self-talk to help you cope, like telling yourself, quote, that really hurt. May I try to be kind to myself, end quote, or give yourself a hug. If you find self-compassion feels out of reach, Think about listening to a guided self-compassion meditation. Those are pretty awesome. Next, forgive yourself. When you're dealing with RSD, instead of blaming yourself or taking on the negative feelings that others are projecting on you, forgive yourself for having a different brain. I know that you can see how many societal forces are at play and how people judge you, and you can't always be accommodating to them. Recognize that there are just some things that you can't do, and that is okay and not on you to fix it. It's on all of us to be accommodating and to make room for different ways of being and existing in this world. Well, that's it. That's the end of this episode, and I hope that you got a couple things that you really could take away when you experience those Flash emotions from the rejection that you feel from the people that you love or your coworkers. I would love for you to send me an email at the neurodivergent nurse at gmail.com and let me know which ones you really felt resonated the most with you and which ones that you're finding to work best. Or if you have any additional tips, send those here. I may put it on a future episode as well. Thank you again for being a listener. Thank you for being kind and showing me compassion as well whenever the burnout hits. And I hope you know that I cannot wait to talk to you again.